You're listening to Linked AM. Tell your story on Linked Live and get noticed. You're listening to Carl Wolfenden on the Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions. Upgrade your listening to Business Class, the show that puts you in the big leather comfy seats. So sit back and enjoy our take on the trending business issues of the week. Howdy, folks. Here he is, the Texas Brit, the guy with the stiff upper lip, filling his 10-gallon hat and his cowboy boots, Carl Wolfenden. Okay. Good morning, good morning, and wow, have we got a segment for you uh, this morning on Linked AM on Business Class News. Um, as you know, you know we, we partnered with the America's Chamber for Business, and uh, you know, we've been telling some great stories uh, about uh, some of the members uh, and some of the, the stories that are coming out of Central America and, uh, and Mexico, and really talking about diversity and inclusion. And of course, uh, in, a, in a few weeks' time, we're going to be launching our, our Diversity and Inclusion Awards, uh, where we're going to be taking you know submissions from companies all over uh, all over the country uh, to uh, to talk about how they embrace diversity and inclusion. So we're excited about that. And um, as you also know, we uh, we have a philanthropy section uh, where we showcase uh, different um, organizations that uh, are doing great things out there and really spreading the word and 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 sort of supporting some fantastic causes. And 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 part of my um, sort of uh, you know, journey, I suppose, with uh, America's Chamber uh, for uh, for uh, for business. Uh, I actually met um, Anna Marie um, Anna Marie Aguilar. Uh, is is that how you say, how I pronounce your last name? Anna Maria de Young. De Young. Well, actually, it's Anna Maria Aguilar de Young. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I missed the, I missed the, the third part of it. I, I apologize for that. That's um, okay. <laughs> but we were talking about, and as you can tell, I've got Anna Marie uh, on, on the phone, as, as well as uh, Lewis Moore, who's the president um, of actually the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the Friends of Garland's Historic Magic 11th Street. And, uh, you know, that's just down the street from me. As you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Dallas, and, uh, and, and we, we, we're doing some really great things around the DFW area. But this really struck me, um, uh, what was happening, and Anna-Marie was explaining. So I thought, you know what? I want to bring both Anna-Marie on, onto, the, onto the show as well as Lewis Moore. And i got got to pump you up here a little bit in terms of who, <laughs> who you are, Lewis, because um, you're actually not just uh, the president of uh, this fabulous organization, but you're actually a diversity scholar here. And, 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 and I, I, let, let me explain that. And in fact, why don't you explain that? Because you can actually do a better job than me. But um, welcome to the show, guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. We're glad to be here. Thank you so much. A diversity scholar uh, is I'm, I'm a part of the National Trust for Historic Preservation, which is a, a U.S.-wide organization based in Washington, D.C., 
It is the premier historic preservation group. And uh, I was honored to uh, be asked to participate in their diversity scholar program two years in a row. Uh, and and uh, the point of the, the program is that I think what a lot of people don't realize uh, in this country right now, a lot of the debate and the argument about these Civil War statues and the Robert E. Lee horses on horseback and all of that, uh, it relates to a much bigger issue, and that is that that uh, in America we have aired and we have commemorated only one segment of American history uh, in our, our national designations of historic sites and, and uh, monuments and, and places to go. Ninety-three percent of all uh, these historic sites are Anglo males. And uh, that, that leaves 7% uh, of all the sites, all the recognitions, everything that's been done for African-Americans, for Hispanic, Latino Americans, for Native Americans, Asian Americans, uh, go on, uh, including women. Uh, and that's, that's one of the real concerns that we at the National Trust have is that um, uh, we need to begin reflecting the total story of America, the total story of the great diversity uh, in our country, because each uh, each group comes at it from a different perspective and, and they have each group has its own history. Now, I'm personally Native American. That was how I got chosen uh, to be in uh, the, the National Trust program. But so that that is, I was there, uh, we had organized and set up Na Friends of Garland's Historic Magic 11th Street as a 501c3, and we had specific goals, and one of the goals was to, uh, to begin to recognize the under-recognized, the underrepresented people groups in our city of Garland and uh, in our area. And so, so it all dovetails very nicely together. Uh, and and it is, it's truly a national movement, yet it's, it's a local movement here in Garland. That's great to hear. I mean, I think, I think it's very important to, to recognize, um, as you say, those diverse groups. And, you know, I'm an immigrant. I mean, I'm from England, and I'm here. Right. And, and my kids were born over here. And um, I, I'm, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day, that, that actually they, when they get their kids and they grow up, etc., you know, there's a, there's a point in time when I came over here, and um, they can talk about how the Wolfendons, you know, immigrated over to, to, the, to the States. And we, we, right, grow, exactly. we, grow, we grow that legacy as such. And it's yeah. important to, to not just only do that within the family, but also celebrate it for, for the whole of our, our nation, really, as, right. as I exactly. say. Exactly. So, and, so and oh, sorry, go ahead. America is truly a, a country of immigrants. Everybody came here, their, their, their ancestors came, except for the Native Americans. And, of course, we go back a couple of thousand years, and even our folks came across on the land bridge. That's right. Uh, yep. So <laughs> we all share a lot in common. Some of us have just happened to be here a lot longer than others. That's, that's right, all. yeah. Well, I, I tell you, it, it, it sounds like your journey started with with with, with, um, with Garland back in the two thousands when mm -hmm. you, when your wife and yourself uh, decided to to move to Garland. Is that right? So is, it was back in two thousand. Yes, sir. What happened was my my wife is actually a native of Garland. She grew up here, and uh, her parents were aging, and her father had passed away while while we were living away. We we're in 
we were at that point in Nashville, Tennessee. And then I got uh, another job. We moved to Richmond, Virginia. And uh, we realized that uh, we were running out of time, that uh, her mother was getting older. She had some aunts and uncles who had no children. We, so we needed to come back to Garland to take care of a lot of aging relatives. And so we, we did. And uh, we decided uh, to, to help her mother be able to age in place in her home, the one that they had built 60 years earlier. And so we bought a house down the street from that, from her home. And uh, the neighborhood was in pretty bad condition, very, very bad condition. The house we bought was in foreclosure, and we totally restored the home and realized uh, suddenly how beautiful it was or how it had once been so beautiful and had been allowed to decay. And uh, as time went by, we began working in the rest of the neighborhood. And even my wife, who grew up here, was not aware of the historic value of of the neighborhood and we slowly but surely thanks to some friends we had uh, um, a, a historic preservation architect named norm alston he happened to come to lunch here for another matter at our home we love to have people in our, our home for lunches and, and for entertainment and, and he was here and he said this neighborhood's got to have a real history uh, and we started talking and and he kept pointing out things and and he whetted our appetites. And so he, he really set the stage um, for us to then begin researching. And what we found was an incredible gold mine. Um, this was a, a neighborhood uh, that fit very, very significantly into the history, the original history of Garland, the growth of Garland, uh, our, our, this, the magic 11th Street, only four blocks long originally. Uh, and it still is, but it was the original Garland Avenue. And that little strip produced uh, six of the Garland mayors, a, an incredible array of council members, school board presidents, uh, community leaders, religious leaders, uh, which we had no idea. Here we were in a decaying neighborhood. So we have worked very, very hard to, to restore the area. And that was one of the reasons that we, after actually, uh, we began to understand, with the help of Norm Alston and others, the value of the designation of, uh, of a national reg register district. And so, Gar so um, Travis College Hill, which is where Magic 11th Street is, uh, became the first national register district ever in the city of Garland. Is one of the few residential areas uh, in the northern part of Dallas that uh, is, is recognized on the National Register, which means our history is recorded at the Department of Interior in the National Register section, and we we have that that very, very and we're honored to have that designation. So that that just set you know everything just sort of built. We you know we didn't set out with this great goal in mind. We were just going to take care of elderly relatives. Right, and, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden we we fell into this this gold mine of of history, uh, and and uh, so we eventually created Friends of Garland's Historic Magic Eleventh Street as a charitable foundation, five hundred one c three, to work on what needed to be done to really make this area shine, but also to um, to help develop interest in other parts of downtown Garland and other parts of the city. 
uh, as a symbol of what can be done for restoration, renewal, uh, preservation. Um, and it just sort of grew by topsy. And then we got involved with the, the, uh, uh, the inclusiveness, the diversity. And uh, we discovered lots of things that were unique about our neighborhood, too. Uh, when it was first created, it was one of the few uh, in that era, 1913, 1912, as Garland, Garland was, was founded in 1890, uh, in 1890 uh, and came out of two warring communities, Embry and Duck Creek. And as they, they merged, and they were forced to merge because they each wanted a U.S. post office, and the post office said, no, only one of you gets it. And they fought and fought and fought. And uh, eventually, uh, the, the U.S. government, the, the post office said, we're going to create one um, post office, and it's going to be between the two of you. And so they chose the name Garland of an individual, the attorney general of the United States at that point, uh, who had never set foot in Garland, never did for the rest of his life, uh, to bring these two warring communities together. <laughs> that's so, brilliant. I never, that's, that's a great story. <laughs> it was an amazing story. And so then uh, as the city got over its the feuds and the fights and all the stuff that went on, then the city began to, to grow. And there was a, the, the movement in this area, it's all across country actually, to create the interurban, which were the, tro- the electric trolley cars, that would run between cities. It's kind of like our our uh, dart system, yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, our dart system today. But that was a hundred and some years ago, and uh, and one of their goals was that they needed to increase ridership to make it economically viable. So they um, they set a goal to for all the cities that were going to be on the interurban that ran from Dallas to Greenville. They wanted to to up the population to twenty five percent. And uh, so this, you know, the interesting thing is our, our neighborhood is called the Inner Urban Land Company's Travis College Hill. And um, so we started studying the role of the, and we, we had no idea that the Inner Urban would run right beside the, the, uh, the, the addition and would have a stop very, very close. And that was the reason it was created here. Uh, and, and it was also going to bring electricity to, to Garland. Um, the, the inner urban, because they ran on electrical lines, they had to have the electricity. Therefore, you could uh, siphon it off into a city. And and at that point, 1913, uh, 1912, all those years, uh, people used gas lights um, or daylight. Uh, they, they you know they just did not have all you know the the electricity in the city. So it was a great idea. Uh, ironically. The interurban never materialized. It went bankrupt. But the, the uh, interurban land companies, Travis College Hill, did succeed. And uh, as we as we studied the history of it, I often commented to my wife, um, who did most of the research and did a fabulous, fabulous job. I tell you, she is one of the most brilliant people. Uh, Persons, of course, I'm very biased, but uh, she's very creative. <laughs> and, and rightly very, so, and rightly very, so. <laughs> very, very, very so. We've been married almost 50 years come this August. and uh, But um, we began to realize, you know, I said to her, well, you know, this almost sounds like Music Man. 
this has a lot of the ring to a developer comes from downtown Dallas. He comes to Garland, this little city. He convinces them that they need to have a new subdivision. Uh, and uh, he then uh, says to stay. He has a lot of controversy surrounding him because he's an outsider. And uh, this was something new. And, and Garland has never been real receptive to a lot of new things anyway. But, but the interesting thing about Travis College Hill was that he did not put in the deeds the traditional racist deed restrictions that went into a lot of property in the South, including Texas, including this area, uh, during the latter half of the 1800s and the early part of the 1900s, uh, where it would forbid ownership to anybody but whites only. Uh, he did not put in there that you, if you were African-American, if you were Hispanic, or if you were anything else, you could not own property. Uh, but yet a, a lot of the additions that eventually developed around us uh, were noted for their the racist clauses in their deeds. And we've looked at all the deeds. None of them contain any of those. Of course, the Supreme Court eventually ruled those things illegal yep. and threw them all out. Um, but we thought, well, that's really fascinating. Uh, so um, when we were working on the, the musical, which my wife Kay, she actually wrote the script and then she wrote eight of the original songs in it, uh, we were able to intertwine that fact that, that this was, was, even though it was exclusively whites only, that, that uh, African Americans and Hispanics and others were not uh, restricted to, to buying into the area. So we have some interesting scenes in there uh, involving a, a an African-American couple and then involving a Hispanic person, which happens to be Anna Maria, <laughs> uh, and an Asian person, um, which, of course, did not reflect Garland in that era uh, because 1913, this was a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant community. Uh, churches were all Protestant. Uh, in fact, they said that one of the reasons the Catholic community finally emerged in Garland was that when the guys got tired of kissing their cousins and having to marry cousins, uh, that they started going to Rowlett, which is our neighboring city, which was the Catholic community. And uh, so we began to have the emergence of, of Catholics into the community. Then eventually, by the 60s, 70s, uh, we began to have the, the Asian influence and others. But um, the, in 1913, we did have an African-American community that was centered where our city hall is today, and it was called the Flats. And uh, people who are familiar with that area can remember what it was like, remember that it was a self-supporting, separate community that had its own banks and own businesses, and, and that was where, unfortunately, African-Americans were forced to live. Eventually, the city did bulldoze all of that and force the African-American community out further to the eastern side of town. But, uh, but in the, in the uh, musical, we do have uh, two characters. It's a husband and wife who, who meet Travis, uh, the founder of the edition, and ask him if they would be allowed to buy. And, um, of course, I don't and none of us think he was idealistic. We all believe he was crass. He was after money. Uh, but his, his one line in there that uh, I just love is, if you've got the money, you can buy. 
Uh, and yeah. I think it symbolized who he was, uh, but it also symbolized the community at that point. Um, and of course, the, the African American community was here. There were no Hispanics in Garland until 15 years later, until 1928, when the very first Hispanic community moved into Garland. And uh, from the Valles, a small family, they were loved and respected, uh, partly because their boys were very good football players. And they, they, were, they were very, very popular at Garland High School uh, in those days. And uh, they, they set a good entree for the Hispanic community to, be, to come into Garland. Um, and the, the Hispanic community today is uh, actually the majority. Uh, that they're not 50%, but they're 40% of the population. Um, the white Anglo uh, population is 38%. The uh, African-American population is 13%. The Asian population is 10%. Uh, so Garland has become this great, diverse city of, of uh, incredible um, People, uh, people from all different, I mean, it's like, like a, a United Nations almost, people from every country in the world, uh, and we reflect that. Unfortunately, our government, our municipal government does not reflect that, but we're working on that part too. But so that's, you know, we've got a big agenda here. You have. I mean, my agenda. goodness, Lewis, you got a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, what I love, when I, when I listen to you, I, lo- I love the passion, first of all. I mean, I know, obviously you Thank and you. your wife and Anna Maria there and, and, and everybody that's part of the, uh, of the organization is, is passionate, obviously. But I mean, everything you just said really intersects with the, with the diversity side. I mean, you also mm-hmm. did, you, you did a, a, a I think it's a, an award-winning documentary and i'm gonna put a link it's on youtube i believe called saving magic 11th street and and that is an amazing sort of uh, snapshot of what what you did and 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 a little bit of of what you just talked about as such in terms of the saving that that particular that area Uh, and the drone shots are amazing so I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna put that link on the uh on the website when we when we post this uh this podcast but, well, I appreciate um, that very much. I think that's super. The The video was actually produced by our son, who um, he owns several adver- large advertising companies based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. And um, he, uh, he he's very, very supportive, very caught up in what we've done here. But it was the first time that drones were ever introduced into Garland. That was interesting when he brought his, his camera crew in. And they started flying the drones with the cameras on them to take the pictures. Uh, the the city's uh, communication staff took great note of it, and uh, and so eventually that very much began to flourish here. So we were happy to see that just one more technological advancement in our city, and to be a part of it, and to see how it was brought in. It's a great way to catalog, you know, from, from yes. a different perspective for definite. Mm-hmm. So so what I'm really interested, because um, we, we, we're coming up to, to our time, but I want to I want to talk about, you touched upon the, 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 the musical, um, mm-hmm. and I believe the musical, you know, Becoming Garland Avenue, was written by mm-hmm. your wife Kay, wasn't it? Right, it sure was, yes, sir. We were watching... The Greatest Showman, and when we get very passionate about watching the show, we watch it multiple times. And there was a segment at the end, uh, one of those additions that they add on on the DVD, about how it was made. And we were listening to the 
the people who were involved with the creation of the greatest showman. And, and I looked over and said to Kay, we ought to do that. We could do that <laughs> for Garland. Yep. And uh, she took me seriously. <laughs> and next thing I know, she was holed up in her office and she was writing frantically. And then on her piano, she has a baby grand piano in our music room. And she was in there working it out until she literally within a very, short period of time had pulled together the script and the uh, the music uh, and and uh, the rest was history we then went to the garland cultural arts commission and asked for a grant to help us produce the musical uh, we were able to get that uh, that funding uh, we when well, we first went to friends of magic 11th street and said what would you think and everybody said great idea oh my gosh this is this is a big project uh, but everybody is bought into it. All of our directors uh, have roles. And, I mean, it's like it's 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 emerged as a great community building uh, aspect. Uh, people love to be the people who are now in. We got 44 people who are involved either in cast or in the the um, the production of it or ticket takers or all of that. And they they uh, are ushers. Um, and, and it's like a great big family. It has yep. grown into something very, very, very special for this community. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I was in musicals. I was in drama school over in, in, mm-hmm. in England. And uh, well, uh, well, We should have had you. We well, have- no, no, no. The last thing I played was Jesus <laughs> yeah, and Jesus Christ Superstar. The <laughs> yeah, the last thing I played was Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar. So, uh, wow. Uh, oh, man. You I thought, must I, be I, good. I thought, I, I thought <laughs> I'd retire on, on, on the high note. I mean, I couldn't get um, – but um, but so Anna Marie, t- tell me a little bit more about your character. I mean, I, I, oh my gosh. I, I mean, it's it's kind <laughs> of. I mean, we we talked about how this diversity and the, all this diverse community came together. So just, I mean, what is your, who is your character? Just a little little synopsis, and then I'm going to give out the details of where to to get tickets and all that good stuff. Okay, um, actually, when they asked me, I had no idea what. I, I guess they were talking about a musical. I've never been in a play, so I I couldn't see anything past. Uh, it's a it's part of the history of Garland, so that's where I got excited. Yep. <laughs> and where, where they said we're going to put you in, and you're going to represent the Hispanics, and I'm like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I literally didn't even get. I think. Uh, the idea till uh, Kay said, you're going to sing. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't sing. And so it's been amazing. It's been kind of nerve wracking, exciting, because I've I've never done a play. I've never done anything like this. But But, she has worked very hard and we're very (laughs) proud of her. But we're all working. And Kay and Lewis has the community working. All the leaders are just thrilled about it. And my little part is like kind of in the middle and at the end, but I'm representing the Hispanics, the Valles that came in at 1928 and just representing a little bit of history of it. See, the, the, the musical concludes, we've got the smoke machine on the stage where there's kind of the cloud forms around it and everything. And each individual steps out and they then tell what happened to mm-hmm. their character after 1913 the ones who died, and, and but the uh, the the African American uh, couple talk about how that they were still excluded until the 1960s, when when the culture changed, 
and that how the flats was bulldozed and, and forced out and all of that. But Anna Maria, her part is to, to tell the story very succinctly of the first family in 1928 and now emerging to 94,000 people, 40% of our population, and um, uh, the change that has come over the community. But you see, you see the city in it as, as a tiny entity beginning to change. And, of course, my favorite song, in the, well, I've got multiple songs that I love, mm-hmm. uh, is, is what, where, this, uh, where some of the leaders are singing, Garland, think outside the box. Think outside the box. Become more than you, you, more than you think you can. Yep. And uh, it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it, it speaks to the history, but it also speaks to the, the future, in so many ways, history is repeating itself. Many of this, the things that occur in 1913 occur again in 2013 and 19. Uh, we're still struggling with a lot of the same issues, mm-hmm. growth and, and, and being a part of the Metroplex and, and um, um, transportation, which was a major issue. Uh, all, all of the, you know, it's, and, and uh, we actually put a card in all the programs um, asking people what they would like for Garland to be like in a hundred years. Uh-huh. Yep. What kind of Garland would they want and what would they do now to lay the groundwork for a great city uh, in the future? I love, uh, I love that because that, that you'll be able to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to find out what the consensus <laughs> is when you, when you get all that data back. Um, yeah, it's going to be posted on Facebook. We're going to put it all on there. What what I really like, and and really we've got to sum up because I'm, we're running yeah. out of time. But I want you back on because I want to continue the conversation to find out what that I'm going to be. I want to talk about the, the yeah what what's happening in the future because we talked about mm-hmm. the past. We talked about this fabulous musical and and the, and the musical just so everyone knows is called Becoming Garland Avenue, mm-hmm. and it's a musical. It's going to be on April thirteenth. It's a Saturday at two p.m. and and as I say, I'll put links to where you can get tickets and, and, and go and see this, etc. But what I re- really like about what you're, what you're doing, though, with all of this, with, 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 your, with your vision and your, your, your sort of mission here, it, you, and you said it earlier, it is when you start to develop and renovate and make a, a, an area that needs tender loving care, it affects other parts of that city. And I've seen it multiple ti- t- times in, yes. in, in, in around the world. Uh, but mm-hmm. it takes somebody to have that vision and say, you know what? We need to we need to do this over here so we can bring attention to it, and then other parts of the city um, gets noticed. Business starts to to evolve, and it's all part of the economy. I mean, because business mm-hmm. class news is all about you know how businesses grow, how we we embrace business and 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 do that, and so. It really does fit into everything that that we like to talk about, where we're trying to develop, um, you know, the economy um, for for future uh, sort of generations. And you're helping to do this, so I'm I'm very very pleased that both of you could join me today. And uh, as I say, I'll put all the details of the musical on the, on the website, and uh, we'll be sh- we'll be sharing this on Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course we're on Spotify and iTunes 
questions as well. So um, thank you, Anna Marie, and thank you, Lewis, for, thank for joining you. me. Appreciate it. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Oh pleasure was ours. Um, re- re- really enjoyed this conversation. So appreciate it. Um, break a leg, as they say in uh, in, in the, the theatre <laughs> world. <laughs> and um, and I look forward to uh, bringing you back on and uh, and talking about more things you're doing in the the great city of Garland. Thank you so much, guys. We will. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. 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 Um, that was great. Um, thank you to Anna-Marie and Lewis for joining me. And, uh, of course, as I said, um, we're going to be putting all the details of uh, the, this this fabulous musical that, that uh, we were talking about uh, that really captures all of that, uh, the history and the passion that uh, Lewis and Anna-Marie Anna Maria was uh, were talking about. And, it, and, of course, it's called Becoming Garland Avenue. Uh, it is uh, on April the 13th. Uh, 2019, because uh, I know this is archived, so I, I know if somebody clicks on, they don't want, don't want to be going to the Plaza Theatre in about 10 years when they hear it. Exactly. And it's at 2 o'clock. So thanks, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. You're Bye-bye. listening to Carl Wolfenden on The Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual, and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions. Upgrade your listening to Business Class, the show that puts you in the big leather comfy seats. So sit back and enjoy our take on the trending business issues of the week.